everybody, it is Adam, and we had the opportunity to talk with Addie and Brandon of the greeting committee over Zoom video. Both Addie and Brandon knew each other growing up. They went to the same high school. They were actually signed to Harvest Records while they were still in high school. They talk about that. We learn how they both got into music, how they ended up meeting and performing at coffee shops together, eventually forming the greeting committee and writing the song called Hands Down, which exploded for them, gave them the opportunity to fly to New York City to perform for Republic Records and do some huge things, eventually signing with Harvest Records. Again, while they're still in high school, we talk about that. Having the opportunity to tour with some of their favorite bands and their brand new record, Dandelion. You can watch our interview with Addie and Brandon on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with the Greeting Committee. This podcast is about you guys and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new record you have coming out, but love to hear your story and getting signed in high school and, and all of that. Awesome. Thank you for having us. For sure. Yeah, for sure. For us. Of course. All right. Well, let's start. I always start with where you're born and raised. You obviously went to high school together. Did you grow up in the same area? Have you known each other your whole life? It's like, uh, where were you both born and raised? I was born in Chicago, but moved to Kansas when I was really young. So I grew up in Overland Park, uh, probably what, like five minutes away from Brandon, but in different elementary slash middle school territories. Okay. And Brandon, were you born in Kansas City? Yeah, I was born in Overland Park as well. Like, yeah, five minutes down the street from Addie, but uh, probably didn't bump into each other until like I was like maybe in middle school or something like that. That's the first time we met each other. Okay. I remember Brandon was like, my stepmom owned a boutique store and he, I don't know if you, we've talked about this so many times, but I never know if you were, you always vaguely remember, but. I, I just remember being a, annoying. That's about <laughs> he it. was with a I, bunch of his friends and he had like very long hair. And I remember like thinking like, this kid is so spastic. He's hilarious. And that was like the first time I ever remember meeting him. But then we didn't like actually really meet until i think we were like 14 or 15. okay the first time i remember meeting you was um we have a mutual friend which is her neighbor and i became good friends with uh brendan erickson who was on the drum line with mm -hmm. me in high school and that's how we met and i remember sitting in his garage and like you coming up and like that was the first time that we met and then you were like i do music too and i was like oh okay all right let's see what this is about <laughs> I went to go meet you because my uh, stepmom was like, I think you'll really like him. He models and plays guitar. And I was like, oh, okay. Nice to hi to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, well, Addie, what, how did you get into music? Um, I honestly don't really know. Like I just, when I was in first grade, you know, you always get asked like, what do you want to do when you're older? Mm -hmm. And I would say like be a rock star, even though I had, no reason to really think that and then I remember doing like horrible YouTube covers in sixth grade and then from there I just kept getting more and more into it okay what was the first instrument you learned was it guitar mm -hmm. well okay. I guess technically I wanted to do guitar but my parents made me do piano for like a year and I had this like horrible piano teacher who smoked cigarettes every time before a lesson and would like 
breathe in my face while trying to get me to do stuff. And I was like, Ash on the keyboard. Yeah. Piano yeah. like, oh. is horrible. Uh, Hopefully they don't hear this. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. My younger or my older son, he took piano lessons when we were in San Diego. <laughs> By this lady, that was like a similar story. Her house is just it was it was foul and there's cats everywhere and he's like i hate this like i never want to do piano again so we put him in guitar lessons (laughs) yeah that sounds like a piano teacher though them having like 50 cats yeah Yeah, it was like she made you like i would go and like sit on her disgusting couch and wait for him (laughs) it was horrible um so you got into guitar sorry and you started doing youtube covers is that what you said yeah like I'm trying to think. I think I still have one up just because it like makes me laugh so hard. It's a Demi Lovato cover, but I had, I wish I hadn't deleted the rest of them because they were so painful in the best mine way. Are, mine are on private. That's what I did. <laughs> I, so I, get, I don't think I've I, ever seen yours. You can activate oh, them whenever you want. See. Yeah, yeah. So they're there if I want to watch them. No one else can, just for my own viewing. <laughs> That's funny. How did you get into music, Brandon? Um... Yeah, like she was saying, I just remember being a spaz when I was younger. And like, I would always like to dance a lot. Like I was always that kid that would like bust and move when I was really young, um, wanting to be like the center of attention or whatever. And then like, I think as I grew up, and this is probably the more embarrassing part. uh, You know the movie Drumline? Mm -hmm. Nick Cannon? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) San Diego, man. That guy's from San Diego. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Hometown, repping hometown. (laughs) Dude, he sold it for me. I was like, damn drum one like sick so i like wanted to play percussion and then i i got into percussion and playing drums from there and um i played guitar in the greeting committee so it was like uh me and the drummer in the band austin i grew up with him he's always been my best friend he also played drums mm-hmm. and it just got to the point where i was like all right one of us has to move instruments we both can't just be sitting in a basement playing drums together mm-hmm. we could do something more productive so eventually I, I moved over to guitar how often or how old were you when you started playing drums um, I think I was like in fifth grade when I started playing drums. And then you were in and drum line playing... through high school or no? Yeah, I did. I did drum line freshman and sophomore year of high school. And then, um, once the band started getting a little bit more like busy and stuff like that, I had to drop it, unfortunately, but it was very formative years for me of learning how to like have a work ethic around music. Um, but when we left, there was a couple of teachers that were a little bit bummed and I, I think they were wishing that the band would fail. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> wow. When did you start playing guitar then? Um, I think sixth or seventh grade is when I started playing guitar. Okay. I, I don't know what age that is. That was like 12 or 13 or something like that. Okay. And that's around mm-hmm. the time that Addy heard about you or saw you? I guess, right? I I feel like you had a guitar with you that time I saw you over by Laura's store, but I don't know. I was, I was probably in eighth grade and you were probably like a freshman in high school or something. It was around there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was well, she said you played guitar and you were modeling. Were you modeling at this time too? Maybe. I don't know. When I was a kid, when I was like really younger, I was like, yeah, like I, I think some of my cousins did modeling. So I was like, I want to do, I want to do modeling. Sure. And then I, I did it and I just hated it. And like, I, I still have a hard time taking like press photos just for our band. So I don't know why I ever thought like modeling was a cool thing to go do, but um, it bought me my first drum set. So oh, there, there's a cool story in that. Yeah. That is cool. So you did the modeling gig and then were able to raise enough money to, to buy the drum set. 
Yes, sir. Yeah. The world's pay the bills, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. And when did you guys link up and start playing music together? Probably around, you were probably 14 and I was 15, right? And we, Um, uh, we did open mic nights together. And you were in high school at this point? (laughs) Sorry, it's the loudest truck in the world going by. All good. I I, I think I was a freshman. You were a sophomore. Mm -hmm. It was uh, in high school. Yeah. And what, what, what drew you guys together to start playing music together? You just knew each other played and we're like, Hey, let's, let's do something with this. Like not a lot of other people played music in the way that I was interested in. And I, I don't think you and I ever had like a formal conversation of like, we both want to take this on forever. I think we just kind of like knew that about one another or maybe didn't Mm -hmm. even know that about each other, but it just kind of, it, it worked for us to play together. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, oh, for, well, my, my side of like, I just remember that like, yeah, there wasn't that many people playing music at our high school. So like to find someone that wanted to be in a band was very rare. Mm-hmm. And then also like it was, um, this is me just profiling and just being annoying when I was like younger, but like, I'm like, oh, this like sophomore girl wants to be in a band. I'm like, all right, we're going to be doing like Jason Mraz covers and stuff like that. And then shortly when we started playing and I'm like, okay, cool. No, we're actually into like the same style of music and it, it clicked really well. And were you both writing your own music separately and kind of came together and showed each other songs? Like, how did that relationship form? My, was it my, no, like the beginning of my sophomore year of high school, I like went around and sold a CD that had like me playing and singing. I I played like ukulele and piano and it's, it's still out there on Spotify. It also makes me laugh. Um, (laughs) But I like went around selling that and then, played these like coffee shops and open mic nights and hated playing alone. And so from there I got Brandon. Uh, and yeah, it did. We, we did just like have a lot of similarities. And I think that was probably, you know, when you're that age, I don't feel like I knew a ton of people that liked the same music I liked or were interested in the same things I was interested in. What, what music were you guys interested in? Now I'm curious. I know we bonded over like you showed me Bombay bicycle club and I loved Mm -hmm. that trying to think of like that one sticks out specifically yeah i remember sure bombay being stuff. a big one i remember like um probably like arcade fire and like paramore and stuff like mm-hmm. that um like our, our taste grew more like together as we kept playing but like i think it was just like oh we both like indie music and we both like mm-hmm. alternative music and like that's actually what we want to write um i think mm-hmm. there was a lot of other people maybe doing like more pop stuff or singer songwriter stuff and we weren't interested in that so i think it was like oh this is that other person let's do it that's cool. Mm-hmm. And you guys toured with Bombay Musical or Bombay Bicycle Club. I can't speak right now. Um. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> yeah, we did. Well, that, that must have been a like, huge moment for you both being oh, fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was like one of those uh, really surreal moments for sure. That's cool. Well, I'm curious to know how then the band got together. Were you guys called the greeting committee when you were doing these open mic nights? Um, we wrote one song. we might have written others but there's like one song on youtube that we wrote together that we performed at an open mic night but a lot of it was you playing with me on the music that i had written and the thing about the music i was writing it wasn't like what i wanted to be writing it was just sort of the extent of what i was capable of and that's why i really admired brandon was he was bringing in what i couldn't do or felt i couldn't do by myself and i really Mm -hmm. liked that um but no the rest of the guys came in After we did open mic nights, I remember I was at my aunt and uncle's house over the summer and I just was like, I want to be in a band. And so I I knew to call Brandon right away. 
And I was like, hey, do you want to be in a band together? And he's like, sure. And then we found Austin because Austin's Brandon's best friend. Mm-hmm. And then Pierce was uh, another talented musician who had like another band in high school and we stole him away. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys form and you, you guys get a really big start with hands down. The song gets played what on the radio, big station, in Kansas city. Yeah. How did that all happen? And did you know that that was like, tell me about recording that song. And was that a part of another collection of songs and how did it get in the hands of KRBZ? I feel yeah. like that song's like the biggest jump start that we could have ever like imagined. Like that stuff was weird at that time. Um, I was probably like, yeah, 14 or 15, like sophomore in high school. And then I remember being in our drummer's basement at the time. And it was just unfinished basement, like just like pieces of carpet on the floor, like no drywall, just like open real um, kind of like a dingy little thing. And then like um, we hit up, Peyton Merrick, who is our manager to this day, um, her dad like knows how to like record and track. So we're like, Hey, like, would you be interested in coming over and like helping us record a track? So he was just probably like, I'm just being friendly to my daughter's friends, um, set up some microphones and we just did like live takes in there. And I think maybe you retract your vocals over it after I think. Probably. Right? Yeah. But it was would, just us. I would guess that's so. us live. Yeah. I think that that's us live playing in this unfinished basement. Wow. Um, all the way through. And then like, uh, I think, yeah, you went back and probably retract vocals over it, but it was just like all like, not, it's not that premeditated. It was just like, we just wanted to write music. And that was, uh, that first EP is like the first four or five songs we ever wrote as a band or just even ever as like musicians. And it got on the radio, like the day of us putting it out or after, like I was, I was reflecting on that a bit ago, just like looking at our Spotify of like, none of this probably I mean I don't want to say none of this would have happened but like hands down definitely gave us a door that led to a lot of other doors Mm -hmm. um but I remember I was I was on in my driveway when hands down came on the radio and I like blasted it out of my car and I was like screaming on my way to my serving job and I remember I was so ecstatic and Brandon's like no, it's not ready. No, I was no, I was, I was, I was, I was happy it was on the radio, and that was great. But when we were like putting it, like making the CDs, passing it out to the school, I was like, we need to mix this more. Like, let's wait, let's not put this out. So the point I'm of the so story sorry, is, I was my wrong. dogs running around. Was that how did how did you did you know it was going to be played at a certain time? Like, tell me about how it got uh, on the the air originally. We knew it was going to be on mail time. It's the segment. So Laszlo, uh, who was like, who, I mean, he still works for He's a PD, the buzz. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I, I'm a radio. I'm come from radio. I know the station because I worked for a station in San Diego called 91 X for a long time. It's alternative station. Oh yeah. I and, think y'all have played us before. I feel like I've sent a thank you tweet probably <laughs> I'm not there anymore, but I was there and I also worked for a station in San Francisco called live one Oh five or it's all one Oh five, three or something, something like that. Now it's, it uh-huh. switched when they got bought. Um, but we'd always follow what Laszlo was doing in Kansas city. Cause he was like a tastemaker guy. Like he'd play records that like we wouldn't necessarily want to touch yet. And then we'd kind of watch and see what it would do yep. in Kansas city. And if it started doing something, we would like play. It was weird. Yeah. It was like, we, they were always like a station. We looked at 
when it we came were to so lucky to have that because there's like i think it, it's 96.5 was one of those and then like cd 1025 in columbus i think was another one of those um where they would sort of just like take a chance on other artists and so we we got mail time and i guess the response to it was like really fantastic and from there i remember him being like i'll sign you guys like blah 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 and like he didn't, I don't think he had the capability of signing us, but he, he stepped on as our manager and got us like endless amounts of opportunities. And because he would play hands down, it would get shazammed a lot. All right, mm-hmm. we gotta chill. Uh, it would get shazammed a lot. <laughs> I remember and... listening to him on the radio though. He was like, hey, everyone shazam this song yeah. right now to boost yeah. it up on like the, so we hit like maybe number two, like shazam wow. worldwide or something like that. That's this was rad. such a smart move on him. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Label That's saw that. Label and, then saw Im- and then immediately, I think like that week, people started reaching out. Really? That's yeah, crazy that like he has that, Facebook like the power messages. of radio is still like, I guess that's what, 2015? I mean, that's still not that long ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it shifted yeah. so much though, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if like bands have that opportunity as much anymore. I think now it's kind of transferred over to Spotify, Spotify. and Apple Music. Yeah, because yeah, the well, this the one plaque I have is from I played that band. The Struts was the first one to play them in yeah. San Diego, and we like I we kind of championed them. I played them, and then people were same reaction, and they blew up, and they got a gold record. But it's one of those things where I don't know if it would have happened now, like if it was twenty twenty one, and they came through. Like I don't know. It's just it's funny how it's only been what five six years, and the difference has significantly changed. I mean, it might have to do with COVID too. People at home playing instead of mm-hmm. driving around their car, mm-hmm. but that's so rad that he was able to just announce that, Hey, Shazam the song. And it really like it worked, right? It worked. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. We're very grateful to Laszlo for those opportunities. Yeah. Wow. And then, okay. So you get what record labels are hitting you up like, Hey, um, what are you guys up to? And then how do you make the decision to sign with harvest and, what does that look like as like sophomores in high school? I thought like, I mean, like I still to this day, think that's like one of the coolest things that's happened is just like to have Republic records in your Facebook messages. Like crazy. And of course you're like, uh, is this a scam? But it turned out to be real. And we were flown out by Republic and fueled by ramen through Atlantic, but maybe we wow. just went with all of Atlantic. Um, and we did these like showcases and, I will never forget like one of my favorite experiences from that time. It was my first time going to New York city, which that was awesome. And of course they like pimp you out. They give you like a cool hotel room. And right. They you, you get to go in style. That's so rad. Yeah. And that was so fun. Um, but I remember we performed for Monty Lippman and he like, they pull up this chair in the middle and he sits in it and everyone stands around him and it's super intimidating and so we play, we do our thing. And afterwards he comes up to us and he's like, I hope you're not planning on going to college. And I was like, Ooh, and it's really cool now. Like watching. You're like, I'm not. Yeah. You're like, I see you. <laughs> uh, but it was so That's cool. the plan. Like, now watching like, like the Amy Winehouse documentary. I mean, he's in that. And that's really mm-hmm. cool to be able to say like, Hey, that guy, that guy believed in me somewhat. Um, so that How was, funny that he like sat in the middle and there's like, they want to oh, make it yeah. intimidating. Like, yeah. like, give me a break. He kind of just like sat oh. in the back and watched. He's probably got mind games. So oh. yeah, it was oh, definitely total mind games. Game. 
and and then Harvest was the only label where they sent someone to us. And I think that that really stood out to us, but probably even more so our parents. And they sent out Tim Anderson, who's this like insane producer, but also was an A&R at Harvest for a while. Mm-hmm. And he just like came and hang out. He came to hang out in like Peyton's basement where we recorded a lot of the EP we released in 2015 and like hung out with us. And we went and saw, uh, I think like Meg Myers and Matt and Kim performed oh, in down in Kansas city mm-hmm. that night. And I remember he just like went and loved live music with us and it was storming and there was lightning and he like hadn't seen lightning before. And like it freaked <laughs> him out. And he was just this like super to this day, one of the most like genuine and authentic people I've ever met. And like, especially in the music industry that really sticks out. And I think we all just felt cared for by him and Jacqueline Saturn who runs Harvest and Virgin Records. And I think that was just something for us. We wouldn't have worked at a label um, that wasn't willing to cater to our career or our longevity Um, because we've grown so much from it's not all that bad to dandelion our our next album we're putting out on september 24th Mm -hmm. the growth is huge and honestly i was listening back to it's not all that bad and i was like oh my god why did someone sign us off of this and it's because of hands down is like probably the only reason yeah i sorry were you gonna say more (laughs) no go ahead i was i was like i i think harvest was definitely the right move for us it seemed like the i thought it like we're all just like easily just like yeah it's, it's harvest this is where we want to be um i give props to them because yeah we're 15 um years old and they're willing to sign us on on these basement recordings um mm-hmm. and what was like a big draw for us i think was what Addie was saying it's like they were there to like nurture us and like let us have a career like where i feel like if we went somewhere else like ah oh, we didn't get another hands down all right drop them let's like pump and dump let's go on to somebody else and try something else but like harvest is always just let us do our own thing and like i give them props for i would say 99 percent of the time they tell us like nothing about like what to do with our art and like if we really push for something like hey this is what we want to do they're like all right cool we're behind it um they just really let us be like the artist that we want to be which i give Mm -hmm. them props for and that was intentional for tim i remember tim being like I'm going to squash you guys if I don't let you grow. He like just so knew what we needed and that was to get there on our own and to discover that ourselves. And I think now we probably make more of the music that they were hoping. I, I, I hope mm-hmm. that they're happy with like the trajectory and the growth. <laughs> I think they are. From I what I've gathered. think they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we are very like, really organic baby steps band where I think we haven't really skipped any steps. We haven't just blown up out of nowhere. I mean, hands down obviously was a big success and that's helped us along the way. Um, But But definitely just like graduating venue sizes and fan bases and opportunities. Right. I mean, you did it right. It's not like you put out a song like hands down wasn't some TikTok hit and then nothing happened after that. I mean, all, there's so many songs that you guys have put out that has have millions upon millions of plays. And that speaks to the band. I would think. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't I think reflect it was, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was funny. We, we like, we did like hands down. It's really happy. Like I, I, I do enjoy that song. I think it's a good song, but I think at that time 
like we went to our next EP after that and it was just like heavy punk, like in your face music. And I'm like, and our labels are like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever you guys want to do. I think it's funny. <laughs> like other labels are like, this is not what we paid for. What are you guys right. doing? <laughs> right. I always right. say that the follow-up EP was the EP where I forgot how to write a chorus. And honestly, they probably should have been like, Hey, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they didn't. And, uh, they, they kept us around. We're very lucky yeah. to have them. Yeah. What was it like? signing to them that early like as being that young i mean like were your parents kind of weary of the whole situation or they understood what was going on god the amount of times my dad's like he's like your talent is a cookie jar everyone wants to have their hand in the cookie jar you need to be sure you don't let everyone stick their hands in that cookie jar. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I just know that I'm getting a record deal and that's cool. I'm 15. <laughs> right. So he, he definitely would like look out for me. And um, I think that having Laszlo on our side, Laszlo was really intentional about who he had on our team. I think everyone on our team, maybe not anymore. Well, maybe is a parent. And he did that intentionally to, to be like, Hey, would you let your 15 year old kid do that? So that if he needed to ever like level with somebody that that was there. And I think that when you are a parent, you have a different mentality because we were kids. I think now it's a bit different. And I think that we've learned, but um, I'm really happy that we had it set up that way to ease everyone's minds and to make sure that we didn't put ourselves in a bad situation. Mm -hmm. And Jacqueline and Tim are parents as well. Yeah. Were you guys touring like that young? Like, I mean, you signed to a label, you, you have this huge song and what do they do? Do they go, okay, well, we need to get, get these, you know, this band in front of people, but they're still in high school. Like, how did they, how did you guys manage that? We didn't tours. We didn't, we didn't do a really long tour until we got older. Okay. Um, but we would do like two week runs. Our yeah, teachers, just what, take I mean, your homework with you or something. Yeah, I don't know. My teachers were, I, I was, I think I was like a junior or senior. My teachers were like, eh, I don't, uh, you're good. You have we'll a record deal. You. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know about your teachers. I think but. everyone, rec- yeah, I think everyone like recognized like, oh, this is a crazy opportunity. This is not normal. So like, why should I try to squash it? So teachers were pretty lenient and they're like, just turn your work in when you get back. But yeah, mm-hmm. those, we did like short tours at first. And then like, I just remember it'd be like, renting a 15 passenger and then one of our parents would drive us to all the shows yeah. they would be like a lot of the time it was your mom different tours yeah. yeah my shout out to my mom yeah she drove us around a lot and i think she really enjoyed it honestly i think she's like she loves being a band mom i'll be honest that's cool uh, that is cool but it, it was funny yeah it was like our moms driving around us to all these venues playing these shows in different uh cities and then getting kicked out because we're underage after the show yeah. yeah. <laughs> pierce uh pierce was the oldest band member though and I would say, I don't know if, so I graduated in 2016, Pierce was 2015 and Austin and Brandon were 2017. And I don't know if I had the better position or Austin and Brandon, but Pierce had the worst position by far because there was like way more risk involved for him to choose to not go to college. But he did end up going uh, through community college and then getting an online degree. Like he just finished uh, getting his bachelor's is that all four years i didn't go to yeah college. yeah but probably yeah. he would be like in the <laughs> yeah. green room like after shows and like i'd be like having a drink he, or something and this kid's like, like pounding yeah. out homework I'm like, oh wow power yeah. to you man power he's to you. got i mean he got his college degree like literally while touring i mean he would sit there i remember in between sound check and like waiting uh to do whatever we needed to do he always had his headphones in or would go to a coffee shop and i, I mean he worked 
super hard on that. And I know that that's like a really big accomplishment that he's proud of and we're proud of him too. That's At least cool. one of us is college. I think educated. it helped having, I think it helped. Yeah. <laughs> I think it helped <laughs> that Noah or, or one of our touring members is also doing the same thing. So they had like a buddy system of like turning in homework and stuff like that. That was funny. That's funny. Um, were kids at your school, you know, jealous of you at all, or were they stoked for you? What was that like? Any backlash there? I, I think nobody really said too much to me. People would be like, Oh, that's cool. Like about the band, but like, we're still in high school. I think people really just cared about football a lot still. Oh, oh they weren't even team. like really uh, into it. Like, I mean, they were more, I guess like coming from San Diego, I, they, I, people would be like, Oh, like, I don't know. I think people would get, to, you get torn I mean, down. We had, no, I think I think everyone was pretty supportive of it. Um, but I don't know if there was like this like dramatic amount of attention necessarily. Um, I think we all like well, stuck with our friend groups. Yeah. Our <laughs> our principal became a lot closer with me. And I think this story is funny. So he goes around and talks to people when they've had like a certain amount of absences, just to like make sure they're doing okay, check in on them. Mm-hmm. And he came around to me and he's like, he'd always be like, there's my superstar and like (laughs) shout out Mr. Bacon. I love him so much. He's the best, but he's a great principal. And he'd come around and hype me up and ask me how I'm doing and just be super proud of me. And and then he'd go to Brandon and he'd be like, why are you missing so much class? And Brandon's so humble. He's like, Oh, I'm in a band. And he's like, Oh, you're in a band. And he's like, yeah, I'm in the greeting committee. And he's like, Oh, and what did he say? He was like, try to be the, at class more I, or something like that like you're like we're the same like, band <laughs> yeah, like, has yeah. no idea. No, i see it like i'm like walking down the hallways and i see him like yeah going up to him, like my rock star giving you hugs and whatever and then like he pulls me out of class and he's just like where are you you're missing so much school and i'm like oh <laughs> i i've been like going on the road playing music and he's like oh like do you play like in like a symphonic band or like a jazz band or something i'm like no like i play guitar and like a indie rock band he's like oh and like i finally said the greeting committee and he kind of connected the dots and he's like oh okay and then it's like left but i was just like damn why am i brandon? not your little rock star man? right you're not oh, his yeah. little rock star brandon has this tweet that cracks me up i like resurface it every once in a while i think it was when we were like you were probably a sophomore and he tweeted if i had a nickel for every time someone asked me if i'm the guy who plays guitar with addy sartino i could afford to not play with addy sartino <laughs> and i lo- i just think that's so funny that was my identity sophomore year I'm that so is sorry. so funny <laughs> <laughs> so you i obviously eventually graduate and what a couple of years later you put out the first full-length record yeah in 2018 okay and yeah. is that, that right? when you start doing when is that once you're you're all graduated at this point their album's out it has hands down on it and are you is that when you start getting these bigger tour opportunities um i would say 2018 was around the time i think it started we got this tour with jukebox the ghost and that was was that four or six weeks long um it was it, it was Somewhere around there, maybe yeah, five. somewhere around there. It was like a, our first like proper going out for over a month, like straight, no parents, mm-hmm. just just all the band members. Wow, yeah. what was that like? Fun. I would <laughs> say I I, I got to give props to like Jukebox the Ghost because like they really like took us on and like we're just so nice to us. The entire crew were super sweet and like we were still young at that age, 
Um, and I think a lot of other bands, like we're kind of novelty, like just like, oh, nice little kids kind of say hi. What's up, sport? How's it going, champ? And then like move <laughs> on. But like Jukebox is like hanging out with us, like actually like just treating us like we were adults. And I, I give them a lot of props for that. That's cool. They were so fun and nice uh, to be around. And then we went on another run with them that was like a two or three week run. Um, and that was also really fun. But then from there, I mean, I think in 2019, we had a run of like, holy shit, tours where it was mm-hmm. like Bombay Bicycle Club, Rainbow Kitten Surprise, Hippocampus, like all of our favorite bands. And then doing a headline inside of that as well. Yeah. And our first headline run. I mean, that was 2019 was like a very wonderful year for touring for us. And then 2020 happened and you're like, oh, I was going to yeah. say, yeah. like, I, was it do you feel like the wind kind of got pulled from your sail if you're like really progressing in 2019 and then 2020 happens and it's like, OK, well, now this all kind of I think we're, like, we're fortunate, I mean, though, because like yeah. we decided that like we were not going to hit the road that year before, like all everything before the shit hit the fan pretty much. But like, uh it was like we decided that we we're going to sit down and just just focus on writing music and try to get another album out and that's where our mm-hmm. main priority was so we we're like we we're going to take time off of the road and then all, all this happened so it wasn't like a, a huge letdown for me because i kind of knew we weren't going to go into touring and i was like i'm not happy about covid like it's awful but like right. it was like a, i could just focus all my energy on doing this one thing now of like writing an album and that was uh unique um for us i feel like at that time and how soon do you start? Were you writing Dandelion before the whole pandemic hit? Or was it something that you guys were really able to focus on once you're stuck, you know, in place? We didn't start writing until the pandemic hit. Um, we wrote, we, I mean, we pretty much followed our plan, but we got more time, if anything. And that was really yeah. beneficial for us, I would say. We're not a group that can... Um, we need time and space to be able to write mm-hmm. and to be in an industry that does not like that is really difficult. And so we were very lucky uh, to have time on our side all of a sudden. And were you writing and sending each other tracks like over online or how were you guys we did, putting this yeah, together? We did that for probably a month or so. And I was like miserable. I just it made I, her very sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, I did not connect with that at all. I think it was nice to stockpile by the time we did get together. I think there were a lot of benefits of that. I think that, you know, Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of thrive, right? Getting to do demos and whatnot by yourself or get ideas it was, out. It was like getting in the gym, like getting in and um being able to like work creatively so it was nice for that but it definitely is like, man sending stuff over dropbox you're just making the timeline of like creating an actual song like four times longer and way more frustrating so it was <laughs> nice to get in the room together I, yeah i don't think to, we like, did create a song going uh yeah no we actually did pull like i think we did pull some ideas though of like from that time of everyone doing their own stuff and then oh, yeah, they yeah, turn yeah. Them into full songs later on um but yeah, it was interesting. I, I kind of liked it. We I feel like we had different chapters of writing this album of like the on your own in your bedroom. And then we had like sessions in my bedroom. And then there was like sessions when we went down to my parents had like a lake house. So we like went and quarantined down there together. And that was like a couple of songs. And then there's Pierce's basement. It was tedious. Um, and then there's our yeah, and then there's our studio stuff. But it's like funny because it's like I I like 
when I hear those songs, I think back to like where we were when we were writing them. So it was like, it felt like we had different chapters of like writing out the album. I don't know how you felt, but like, I never felt like it wasn't, I feel like writing this album wasn't rewarding until we got to LA to actually record. I feel like it was so like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I don't know. Yeah. Do I like this? I think I like this. Why do I feel weird about it? And I think it was just because it was so difficult. It was, uh, for me, it was like, you had certain days where you're like, yes, I got something. And like, I would be happy to like get in my car and listen to the bounce on the way home or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I would say that this album was not easy to write and it was like, not in a bad way, but it was like a struggle of like, we would do something like we ever done this or something. And like, uh, there's just so many ideas floating around that it was hard to pinpoint exactly what we wanted to do. Um, we pushed ourselves, but, I would say the hardest we ever have to. Mm-hmm. And I, and yeah, I like that. And I we think it's it like totally a- worth it. We made it like a nine to five where it was like, all right, these days we show up every time this week and like when we made it like a job where it wasn't like casually writing it was like a we showed up and we're gonna even if we didn't have any ideas or we didn't want to be around each other it was like show up and like write and make this happen mm-hmm. and i think we did a good job and did you guys take this collection you talked about recording in la was it something that you had all a bunch of demos and you're like okay th- we know the songs are gonna go like this and let's go record in la and we'll, why did you choose to do that the producer we worked with for Dandelion is Jen DeSilvio. And uh, she, it was our first time actually ever getting to do pre-production, which was really awesome. And so we got, I don't know how it works for other bands and other artists, but I feel like we maybe almost overdo the demo process. And to me, I felt like we underdid it this time around. And that was like really difficult for me because I didn't feel like I could attach to anything as easily. Um, but I'm glad we do that because it does make it so that when we get to the studio, there is some time for exploration and we picked, you know, LA was just Jen's turf. Um, Mm -hmm. and the engineer that she likes to work with, his name's Andrew Lappin. He made it so easy, uh, and enjoyable for sure. That's awesome. And you said that the songs are kind of easy record to record. Easy record to record, he said. Because the song, you, the no, songs. Sorry, were, I didn't interrupt. Yeah, I was just saying easy to record. That's awesome. And so the the records. When do you when do you wrap the record up? When did you finish your recording in LA? Uh, April, like April around April thirteenth. I don't know why I remember that so well. I think it's because my <laughs> birthday was like a few days later, and I wanted to be home for my birthday. But uh, yeah, like sometime around mid April. It was such a quick process, and. To be able to start recording in the end of March and then to like have your first single come out in June is really difficult and like doesn't ever happen really. But thankfully the label was like, no, you need to get music out. Like, let's do this. Um, And for like Andrew, Jen, and then Dave Fridman, who mixed our record along with his son, Michael, for them to all be so quick was like really amazing. And the mixing process went by the quickest it's ever gone by because Dave works with you. Uh, through this application online where you're basically mixing in real time and then he bounces to you and you live with it and then you go back on the phone again and do it together. Oh, wow. So you're able to do it virtually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I, I don't ever want to go back to doing it another way because it's so it's so unnecessary um, with this like technology. It makes it so much easier. That's cool. That's really cool. 
And the record's coming out September 24th, mm-hmm. which is the day after my birthday. Yay, okay. <laughs> I'll remember that that's your birthday. September 23rd's your birthday. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> and do you have any plans for the record release? Are you, I saw you have a couple shows coming up. We do have some shows coming up. Um, I think we we might do some sort of a celebration in Kansas City just because we love our hometown so much and have really grown like a community here. Um, I really notice when certain fans are at hometown shows and when they're not because they feel like friends to a certain degree. So I think we'll maybe try to do something celebratory here, but I don't know what that looks like. And with um, the world being so uncertain, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're playing on what, like a week next Saturday, right? Minnesota. Oh yeah. Yeah. Minnesota state fair. (laughs) We got to rehearse. Have you guys played a show yet since the pandemic? We played a show on August 7th and I wore a hazmat suit to stage dive and it was awesome. It was so (laughs) really funny. That is awesome. Was that your first show back? Mm -hmm. First, uh, first real, I don't want to say real show first full band set. We did a couple of, we did Brandon and I did a couple of like stripped down sets, but um, that's super different for us than our full set. What was it like playing back together for the first time? It was like, How'd you uh, feel? it's like weird. It's like, um, I don't know. It almost feels like a, like a second life. Like it's almost has gone by now. And like coming back to it, you're like, Oh yeah, this is something that I do. And I do pretty well. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of getting on like a bike again that you haven't ridden in a long time. Um, but it, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I, I can't wait though to play like more shows because I think like first show back is almost like you're still in your head. Mm-hmm. You're still thinking about like the different changes. Like, oh, we have a transition here or I have to hit this guitar pedal here. I, I like it when we're on the road and then like you're maybe like two weeks in and then like you just get lost or you can just like walk on the stage and your brain just goes on autopilot and it just feels like you're in a flow state. I enjoy that. So I'm like really excited to get back to that. And hopefully that does happen, but it was great to be on stage again. Yeah. I felt like I like came back into my body. It was (laughs) so nice. I didn't realize going into the pandemic. um, I didn't realize how much of my self-esteem is attached to performing and not necessarily like the public validation of a crowd, but just doing something you feel like you do well and exercising that over and over again. I, I just, I really felt lost for a few months there. Um, and then I got really comfortable and like, I've really enjoyed getting to be at home and to be with my family. And it's really nice to not feel like you're missing out on things. And touring can be fairly exhausting. Um, and I always say like, it doesn't make sense for me to be an artist because I don't really like the studio. I don't love songwriting. I don't love tour, but I love performing so much that it like the rest of it is whatever to me. Like I will pick performing over anything just cause it feels right. So I was, I was really happy to be back, but yeah, I, I mean, I tripped over my own feet a couple times and like, I was rusty, but it felt good. Did you play the full show in yeah, a hazmat suit? You can feel the rust a little bit. No. Oh, my gosh. That would have been hot. The second I put it on, I was like, oh, my God, I'm dying in this. Oh, okay. Just, like, trapped <laughs> all the sweat. That's so funny. That's a, that's a great idea, though. Um, are you bringing it out again in St. Paul? I don't know. I'm kind of scared to uh, 
like get on everyone again. I'm like, I feel like I'm just like testing this and like <laughs> really play, yeah, playing with like fate here. I mean, I wore a mask, I'm vaccinated and I had the hazmat suit, but we'll see. I don't know. I might have to bust it out again. I'll say it was more for humor than it was for like safety. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like a $6 hazmat suit from Amazon. I'm sure it's not doing much, but right. But that's still funny. And mm -hmm. that's awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear the whole rest of the record. Um, you've got two songs from the album out. Mm -hmm. And the video you just put mm -hmm. out as well for um, the most recent song, correct? For Float? Uh, the Float Away song, yeah. Uh, that video's been out for a little bit now, and it's, it's a really fun animated video. Very cool. And thank you both so much for, for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much for having us. Appreciate I it. Have, I have one more question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. You'll I, never I say, be ready. <laughs> That's mine. Uh, mine is listen to as much and different music and then just be as authentic to yourself as you can. I don't know if it cut out for Adam, but for yeah, me, it cut that out. was all like so It was jumbled. <laughs> yeah. You mind saying that again, Brandon? <laughs> that was like full robot. That's hilarious. So you kind of should leave that in there for the advice. It's just like, figure just, it out. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Figure it out. <laughs> we, we can, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Bring it back for you.